1: During the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business.
0: I'm super excited for this particular live, not just because we have a couple of awesome and amazing guests, but because we're tackling a topic that comes up a lot in this community, which is around certifications. And are they needed? Why are they helpful? If they are helpful, what are good certifications that are out there? So I'm super excited. Thank you all for being on. Josh, Jared, Ambus, really, really appreciate it, as always. And I am excited to dive in. Actually, it might be helpful just to give a quick little background, 15, 30 seconds for each of you, Jared and Ambus, just who you are, a little bit of background for those in the community who haven't had the pleasure of connecting with either of you yet.
2: Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Jared Taylor. I'm an AFC accredited financial counselor, and I'm the certification manager for AFCPE. You'll learn a little bit more about us today. Prior to my my work at AFCPE, I worked in financial counseling and education in the nonprofit sector for about 10 years.
3: So thanks. Hello, my name is Ambus Hunter. So I'm an AFC candidate. I've been working on my certification over the last couple of years, and I'm almost done. I have, uh, I think, another 12 hours to do before I, I get my certification to complete. So um, full-time, I work for the federal government as a mentoring program manager and a mediator, conflict resolution mediator. I'm also a jazz drummer. So if there's any musicians out there, if you want to talk music, uh, we can talk music, we can talk conflict we can talk money we can we can talk <laughs> everything i'm happy to be here
0: that is awesome i had no idea that you were a mediator wow
3: yeah yeah lots of tidbits about us you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. we'll have to <laughs> take that offline i did a mediation course like five years ago in new york city so anyway we'll take that off a, of a music, yeah, music well. business. Yeah. yeah so i've forgotten most of the music theory i learned since i'm a vocalist yeah. and we're a little bit prima donna and don't Get nearly as good, oftentimes, at musicianship as a instrumentalist, but you know, we'll we'll talk about that offline too. But thank
3: I'm you. I'm glad guys. I'm glad you have that self awareness. Uh, many, many many don't, uh, so yeah, I appreciate like, let's that. Be honest,
0: man. We're the divas <laughs> of it all. We're like, we just need to be good at the singing part. We don't need all the theory and understanding. So yeah, self awareness it's the foundation. <laughs> anyway, super excited to be having this conversation with both of you. And just to start off, we think it'd be helpful to. Just talk about certifications in general mm-hmm. and whether you need financial coaching certifications. If so, why? Why are they helpful? So, Josh, I'm gonna be bouncing back forth into the comments, so I'll let you lead.
1: Yeah. So we'll start off with to answer the question, do you need financial coaching certifications? We kind of need to define what need means. Because technically You don't need any medical training to perform open heart surgery, but you'll probably be thrown in jail if you try it. And so, with regard to licensing from a governmental body, there isn't a legal requirement, but that doesn't mean that people shouldn't have it to have certifications. Certifications provide a wide variety of things for society, and there's a reason why governments require certifications for certain things like being a medical doctor. And it's because having that base level of knowledge is important to protect the public, to protect consumers. And so if we look at it from a strictly legal perspective, no, you don't need certifications to be a financial coach, a financial counselor, a financial fill in the blank. You may need certain certifications to advise on certain things, but not necessarily with the idea of budgeting and debt management. But that doesn't mean that you we don't need it from an advancement of the profession standpoint. It doesn't mean we don't need it from a viewpoint of an ethical obligation to clients. And so it's important that we realize that the word need is actually a really loaded term. Right. People tend to view it from the perspective of does the government require it, but there's other perspectives to view that
0: idea of need. Yeah. And I'm curious, Jared, since you are... Give me your exact title again, so I can actually articulate it correctly.
2: Um, the certification manager. I, I run our certification program.
0: Awesome. So I'm, I'm curious, do you have kind of a, a way of describing maybe in your own terms, like what Josh said of, okay, certifications aren't necessarily acquired, but what, why are they important or anything yeah. to add?
2: Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, the, the two things that certification offers the, the counselor or the coach is credibility and confidence. And so I think it, it gives you credibility with your, your customers, you know, whether you're in private practice, seeing clients on your own, or you work for an organization, you're seeing customers that way, but it gives you that, that credibility. Somebody has given you a stamp of approval. And then for me, a big part of earning my AFC was confidence. Like, yeah, I I was in the field for for 10 years. I did financial education and counseling, but the the bulk of my experience was in credit repair and taxes. And so I, I had a lot of knowledge in those areas, but the customer base I was working with, we didn't talk a lot about retirement planning or investments or insurance or those types of things. Because generally, the people I were, was working with were you know, in crisis or other important things going on. So for me, the, the AFC, because it covers such a breadth of knowledge, it really gave me a lot of confidence in those other areas that I didn't have a lot of experience in.
0: Yeah, we actually had a question come in already that was just asking, okay, she's considering the AFC, Bernadette is, but you know, what does it let me do as a coach that I'm not doing already? And I think we've kind of hit on that. There is the question of, do I have to get it? And Josh, I saw you wanted to jump in. So I'll hand it to you.
1: Yeah, it's not necessarily that it allows you to do something that you couldn't do already. It's more, I mean, other than being able to put the letters AFC after your name, that is something that it would allow you to do. (laughs) But it's more that it ensures that whatever you are doing, you don't have blind spots, or at least it it minimizes those blind spots. You're still going to have blind spots. There's still going to be things that there's tons of stuff in the CFP program that aren't covered by the AFC. There's tons of stuff that is in the ongoing education that isn't covered by the CFP. So you're always going to have blind spots. But think about certification, whether it's the AFC, whether it's the CFP, whether it's the CPA, whether it's whatever other gold standard alphabet soup that's out there is that they provide you with that base level of understanding. So you at least are more aware of those blind spots. So you don't accidentally mislead someone into doing something that may not be in their best interest, even though you have the best of intentions.
0: And I'll add that, you know, you may already feel confident or feel credible in what you're doing, but I think having the certifications it, as Jared said, adds to that because I was coaching for three or four years before. Well, I think three years before taking the AFC coursework, and then about six years before actually getting the designation and taking the test. And it's just nice to have that confirmation of, okay, I knew what I thought I knew in these particular areas. And then, like, oh, right, those are really good reminders. And now my book, multiple books, are much closer to me on the shelf to go back and review. And now, having, you know, as an AFC PE member, the continuing education. So it's really nice for that continuing education as well, just to say, okay, here, upcoming topics, for example, changes to the student loans, service providers, right? That there's going to be education of more topical and current events that are coming up as well that I may not be aware of if I'm not in these uh, professional organizations or members. So another thing to add.
3: Sorry, right, Josh, back to you, or
0: Ambus. Yeah, what would you like to add?
3: Yeah, just to that point, I kind of feel like if you're going to step into the position of being some type of subject matter expert, authority, anything like that, where credibility does really matter and even though you don't need a certification, I mean, we're giving people information and education related to their finances. So, if you're going to step into that position of being a subject matter expert, I think there is so much value to working and joining an organization that will provide you that continuing Education, provide you the resources, give you the support, all of those things that you get while you're helping people with your money. I just think it helps you as a subject matter expert continue to learn, continue to grow. And at the end of the day, it's about helping people. So we want to make sure we have the best information, the hottest information, the most recent information, and that we're looking at everything from all the angles so we can help the people we're supposed to help. And I think, because I've done this too before, when I was informally financial coaching, I had that attitude as well, like, how uh, do I need to do that? Well, you know, as what's been said, you don't need to do it, but we're helping people. And we certainly want to come with the best that we have available to us. And I think getting a certification will get you closer to staying on top of the information to make sure you have the best to offer to those that you're serving. Yeah. And and I think, think that's
0: a good lead into in Go also like what makes a good certification As well, Mm -hmm. which you can hit on too. Yeah, the just
1: one thing that's really important, though, with what Ambus said is, and he sort of said this, but also alluded to it much more broadly, which is the responsibility that you have when you are in an advising role. And I don't. This is not at all a shot at financial coaches. This is a shot at financial advisors as well, and especially at financial advisors, licensed ones. I don't feel that people that are in the financial helping professional roles, whatever they are, I don't think that that enough, a high enough percentage of them hate the incredible responsibility that they have for other people's lives seriously enough. Financial coaching is oftentimes likened to a bunch of other stuff that sort of grates me the wrong way, because in those other things, sure, you're not going to win a game on the on the weekend, a sports game on the weekend. But with people's financial matters, you could actually keep them from being able to afford their kids college. And that is a really, really big deal. And I think that responsibility that Ambus talked about is a really important thing to take into consideration of just making sure that you have that knowledge and have the resources to make sure you have the knowledge that you don't accidentally give people, steer people in the wrong direction. And it happens a lot more than people think.
0: And I think you come from that position personally, having worked with clients Who have been on the receiving end of bad advice?
1: It is extremely common for me to spend a significant amount of time cleaning up messes from well intentioned people giving advice that costs people enormous amounts of money. And enormous amounts can be six figures and above.
0: And so, what actually we talked about, okay, so do you need certifications? No, but yes. And then we kind of, we didn't directly address it, but we talked, you know, kind of what are yeah. the benefits of certification? Yeah. And so some of what we talked about will already fall under this question. But what makes a good certification? Well, you want to do the benefits or the... What makes a good one? I guess some of the benefits we talked about continuing education, but it's good just like you did with Ambus's question to explicitly highlight it. So let's do that. Let's talk explicitly about the benefits, even though they were alluded to. And Jared, why
1: don't you go first? Ambus, you give it from the perspective of a candidate and then I'll tie up anything that I think might be was missed.
2: Yeah. So benefits of of certification. You've got the, the credibility. You get to put the, the letters behind your name. You've got the confidence it can give you. And you know, if you're doing a, a quality certification program, you know, there should be some knowledge that's coming along with that. It, it shouldn't be easy, but it should be a challenge to you. You should be learning something. You should be adding to yourself. And then certification program is, is different from a, a certificate. So, you know, there's lots of certificate and, and training programs, but a certification, as long as you maintain it, you're doing your continuing education, you're paying your annual fees, you have that for life. And if you change employers, that certification is is going to come with you. It's, it's your certification.
1: And Ambus, what what's your experience with the benefits?
3: So from my experience, you know, we've talked about continuing education, but just to go a little bit deeper into that. The resources that you have available to you, in my opinion, I mean, they've been awesome. I, I got them with me. My study materials for the exam, these nice, thick resources that, that they provide for you to learn to study for this exam is covering every area of personal finance that you can think of. Some areas that you, you don't even necessarily want to learn a robust, which you get exposed to in this program. You got the webinars that you get access to, incredible webinars that are put on by industry professionals, AFCs, CFPs, all types of individuals that you're going to get access to. The symposium, I think, is a tremendous benefit. If that's something you choose to go to a week long of networking and learning and just being immersed in this subject from the various different angles was pretty amazing. I went last year, so November of, of last year credibility so that's been talked about that you're backed by a respected organization i also think along with credibility there is some confidence that you'll that you'll experience when you're working with clients when you're working with other organizations that i'm associated with afcpe you know these are the things that i've learned these are the things that i've been exposed to that does help build confidence organizational support if you need help with any topic, really, or any of the resources, you're gonna have an organization that you can call or email to talk to about that. I can tell you from my experience, Jared knows I've hit him up with multiple emails over my years of working on my certification. The response time is quick, thorough. You know, they're gonna point you in the right direction, answer your questions. That's what you get. The network is super, super strong. So I talked a little bit about the symposium, but in general, you have a whole network of AFCs around the world, really that are all doing all these interesting things, different things, different client stories, different experiences. You're going to be able to learn from these individuals. You have access to these individuals right through the program, the brainstorming. I mean, it's just all of so, so many great opportunities. Speaking of opportunities, when you do work with AFCPE, they have opportunities that come their way that now you're able to participate with. So one thing we've been doing since COVID is this COVID task force project in partnership with Wells Fargo and, and some other organizations where we help people all around the country with their financial matters? So we get matched up with various individuals without, around the country to help them navigate this pandemic that we've all been experienced. You get those types of opportunities. And I can tell you, I've been part of the task force really since it started. And the 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 clients that I've been able, able to work with, the individuals that I've met. I mean, we're helping people change their lives for the better. That's so powerful. And to be able to have that opportunity through AFCPE is that that's a tremendous benefit. So those are some of the things that I've experienced. Pod, they have a great podcast. They do a great keynote series where you, you can teach a subject if you want. I I taught a, a subject earlier this year on investing, investment education and not crossing that line as financial counselors and coaches. So. These opportunities will come your way when you are partnering with this great organization.
1: Two things that I do want to add to that. One is adding to the credibility because I can already hear comments happening in people's heads of, and you'll see sometimes these comments are talked about in this community that, well, clients don't care. People say, well, I've never had a client ask if I had an AFC. But people will say, clients only care that You were able to get out of your debt. And this is what in research is called self selecting bias. The reason why people have that experience that clients don't care is because the only clients they ever, prospects they ever talk to, are the ones who don't care. There's this whole world of people who go out and want to, and they're researching who they want to work with. And when they don't see a certification, they just don't follow through. And so that entire universe of prospects kind of disappears to you when you don't have a certification. And so it seems like the public doesn't care about certifications because no one ever asks about it, but it's because they've already done the research because they've logged onto your website or your LinkedIn page or whatever else, saw you didn't have a certification and then moved on to someone else. Secondly is referral partners people who have certifications like CPAs, like psychologists, like other professionals, they want to see other people with certifications. And so it will limit your ability to network. It will limit your ability to get those referral partners simply because they want to see certifications as well, because they've been through it themselves. And then the other big thing is peace of mind. The idea that you at least have the educational background and the knowledge background that Jared and Ambus have been talking about that gives you peace of mind that you're at least not making horrible
3: recommendations.
1: (laughs) We can't say they're optimal. We can't necessarily say that we definitely can't say that they're perfect because you don't know what you don't know. But at least you've got that base to know that you're not leading people astray with good intentions. And and those are really important things, both from a personal sleeping at night standpoint, but also from a growing your business and marketing standpoint.
0: Good point. Shall we
1: do what makes a good certification?
0: Let's do it. Let's highlight again some of the things that have already been said.
1: Yeah. So what what I'd like to do is go through my list of what makes a gold standard certification. And Jared, you can say yes or no on it. uh, If that's required of the AFC. So we'll kind of combine what makes a good certification with what is the requirements of the AFC. Sure. So this is my list. This is a list that I have been giving for almost 20 years in college classes with regards to talking with financial professionals. It's based on what is the commonalities amongst other good certifications like CPA certifications, like Behavioral therapy, psychology, and counselors like mediators that are certified, so on and so forth. And there are over four hundred financial certifications that are out there. Many of them are completely worthless. POS. POS. Pieces Pieces of scraps scraps of paper.
0: Yeah, (laughs) scraps
1: of paper. I think is what that is. And and to give you an idea, the. Uh, master's of financial planning is a certification. The requirement is to have a bachelor's degree thing. doesn't matter what the bachelor's degree is. Have a bachelor's degree and pay us $1,000 a year. Those are the two requirements. And so just realize both from a perspective of you hiring, anyone listening to this hiring, maybe a tax advisor or a financial planner or someone else, but also from you as a financial coach, looking for getting your certifications. Letters don't mean much necessarily. So it's important that the certifications have certain standards. So let's talk about uh, my gold standard. So gold standard number one, and by the way, there's also the silver standard. The silver standard is, you know, it has most of these things. So it's not to say that every certification has to have all of these things. But standard number 1 is a base level of education meaning at least a bachelor's degree in blank. Yeah. Okay. So, what around that what is the AFC certification requirements?
2: Yes, we don't have a degree requirement, but we do have an education requirement. And so you can satisfy that through a self-study program or through university coursework.
1: And so you answered number 2, which is Additional education specific to that field, because your education requirement is specific in the field. Yes, yes. Number three, a rigorous comprehensive test with about a 50% failure rate. We'll start off with, is there a comprehensive test?
2: Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) yes both uh yeah everybody in this room has has taken the except for you josh has taken the the comprehensive test yes
1: and so garrett said yes to comprehensive Ambus, how did you feel about the test
3: (laughs) the test was definitely comprehensive i mean i set aside a, a couple months to uh prepare and it was a it was a daily it was a daily habit I had to form to prepare for the test. And and when I took the test, when I left the test, well you know, found out I passed, but also it was a huge Oh my goodness, this is I did it. Yeah. Because a lot of people do not pass. I'm sure Jared will mention maybe the uh, success rate for the exam.
2: Yeah, so our pass rate is a, a little higher than than the fifty percent. Our pass rate is about sixty-eight, seventy percent, but it is we are an, an accredited certification, so we have to go through all those extra steps with our exam development. Yeah.
1: Thousands of hours of practice requirement.
2: Yes. I mean,
1: you have to have thousands of hours before you get the three little name letters behind your name.
2: Yes. Yeah. So you not only have to pass the exam, like Ambus said, Ambus has, has passed his exam. But he's still working on his experience hours. We do require a thousand hours in the field. Continue education? Yes, absolutely. You have to have 30 hours every two years once you're certified to maintain your certification. And enforced ethics standards. Yes, that's one of our our four E's of of the AFC. So it's education, exam, experience, and ethics. So everybody has to sign on to our, our code of ethics and standards of practice when they are certified. And then you have to um, re-sign on to that every two years when you recertify. Yep.
1: So those of you playing along at home, writing down your little score charts, the AFC met the majority of those standards. Here's the important thing, which is for financial coaching, right? So we're not talking about the investments and in estate planning and all the other stuff that's the CFP uh, program and all that type of stuff. But for financial coaching, the AFC is literally the highest level standard that there is. There is nothing else that is even close to it. So for financial coaches, the AFC is absolutely the best standard that you can get. Because the vast majority of the other ones, I will sometimes joke with my personal finance students that one third of the way through the semester, they have already completed more training hours. And taken more test questions than these other certifications require. And so the AFC is by far, for financial coaching, the top standard out there.
0: And we don't get paid to say that. Uh, also, because no, it's- I I Josh's <laughs> ethics standards don't allow him to. Yeah. So just like this is something that we, you know, obviously, we all have some letters after our names. And it's something that we believe in. But I don't have the AFC letters after my name. So That's- that's a good point yeah and also one of the things i think we're going to talk about like afc versus cfp if Mm -hmm. you want to touch on that at all later
1: yeah so why don't we do what does the afc cover first though and then that'll lead kind of nicely into the difference between the afc and the cfp
2: yeah so the the education requirement of the afc is kind of based on three pillars so it's Personal finance, debt management, and financial counseling. And there's a heavy emphasis on personal finance and we cover the, we call it the life cycle of personal finance. So everything from basic banking and budgeting through credits, loans, taxes, home ownership, investment basics, retirement planning. Cover that that whole life cycle of personal finance, and then we couple that with like the human side of money and those communication and counseling skills that are are just as important for you to have as you're you're working with your clients. Yeah.
1: Ambus, anything that you want to add from a like a personal standpoint of what was covered that you found particularly valuable in that in what was covered under the AFC?
3: So what I've experienced and what I've Experience in talking to others, we all kind of have probably an area or two that we feel most comfortable with when we enter this type of program. So I've been an investor for 19 years. So I knew a lot about investing already, right? So that was already an area that I felt fairly comfortable with, but there's nuances of investing that I haven't touched before. So, you know, this kind of got me exposed to that life insurance is not something I know a lot about. There's new estate planning is not something I know a lot about. So as you're studying and preparing for this exam and through the program, you're getting exposed to these different areas of personal finance journey that you might have avoided or that you've just never been exposed to. So I found that valuable that, oh, crap, I really don't want to have to learn this this section, but I got to for this exam. So I I might as well dive into it. And learn it so I can know enough to not just be dangerous, but actually know enough to 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 talk confidently and proficiently when I am working with clients. And, and, and guess what? I have had uh, questions come up through this COVID task force project about wills and uh, and about life insurance and about these subjects. I would have never wanted to ever enter a conversation about previously, but now I have the confidence to to at least talk people through it and get them to a better resources of that if that's what we need to do as well. So, I just think that's really a good aspect of studying for the exam. You're going to know really really quickly the things that you are strong on and the things that you need some work on and 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 really need to brush up on and ultimately that's what we should be doing. We we should be strengthening strengthening those areas that we don't know a whole lot on so we can be effective mostly effective for the people that we're helping. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the one thing I'll add to that is when you have areas that you're strong in, you naturally want to kind of gravitate towards working or kind of talking about those. Or if you aren't forced to learn particular types of content, then you may stay away from them entirely. And so by getting exposure to at least concepts of life insurance or estate planning, you can say, okay, well, these... Maybe I'm not good enough to really give any kind of advice or license to give you know, especially in the areas of life insurance, give advice at least now I know when clients say particular things, I know, oh okay, well, then, even just to ask this particular question related to a will or related to something so that you can then, like Ambus said, refer them out, it allows you to start listening for things in clients' lives that could have been missed otherwise had you not been exposed to the importance of those things through know, like the AFC education.
3: So, and you know, I've seen that I've seen that in some coaching, some coaches groups that I've been a part of, where it is kind of a, a mixed bag of, you know, some folks have certifications, some folks do not. I've seen a conversation regarding investing that I know, well, you actually shouldn't be answering that question in the way that you're answering it with clients, but you may not know that because you haven't been exposed to kind of what those lines are because maybe you don't have a certification or you haven't been exposed to kind of what the lines are. So you're exactly right. Even as I'm learning or was learning topics that would require a license to truly give advice, now I know what those lines are. Now, I I mean, it's kind of like you don't know what you don't know. And I'm sure we have plenty of coaches out there talking about investing, talking about life insurance, talking about some of these areas that really could get them in trouble but they don't know what that line is. So you learn that through a program um, like the AFC. Great point. Anything else to
0: add, Josh, you want to dive into just kind of the AFC versus CFP since that question has come up.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the big questions, hopefully the question of, should I get certified? Right. Not necessarily the AFC, but certified in general. Hopefully the, Benefits and reasons are pretty clear at this point that yes, you probably should. Uh, But then the question that many people would have is well, should I go after the AFC, the CFP, or something else? And really, what it comes down to in my mind is what do you want to do now and where do you see yourself going in the future? If you want to delve into taxes, don't get either of those, right? Start working toward a CPA, <laughs> right? Um, and so it, what you really want to look, think about is, you know, under, first off, you want to understand what is the financial coach? What is the financial counselor? What we call bubble, right? Where, where is this uh, knowledge base and topic base that's safe to practice in where you're not going to step over those lines that Adam was talking about? And then you have to have a real comfortable conversation with you, a real honest conversation with yourself of, is that where I want to stay? Okay. And please don't anyone misinterpret what I'm saying as saying that you're going to limit yourself to unvaluable things because anyone who's worked with clients who struggle with money knows that debt management, budgeting, learning how to save, learning how to not burn through their savings after they build it up for six months, those things are incredible incredibly valuable, incredibly important and life-changing for people who get that help. And if that's what you want to focus on, then the AFC is where you want to be because it is the best certification for those areas. If on the other hand, you want to say, "Well, I want to get into the retirement planning. I want to get into the estate the estate planning. I want to get into the uh, uh, investment advising." Right? Then either the AFC is going to be a stepping stone toward, or you want to start working toward the CFP, or if you want to start writing wills, go to law school, <laughs> right? Um, and so it's, it, it's really important that people have a, an understanding of where they want to be and, where, and where they, how they want to ultimately build their business or build the work that they do with clients. In order to figure out which certification is going to be right for them, um, that that's kind of my basic recommendation. Um, as far as the differences, uh, the AFC curriculum is generally the first class in the CFP program, and then all the other stuff is focused on like much deeper investments and all the other fun stuff that goes along with that. However, the CFp program does not go into as much uh, much depth with debt management. It doesn't go into as much depth with um, detailed budgeting and cash flow. And so this is why understanding are you going to stay within that bubble or not is important because if that's where you're going to serve with helping people with their budgets, with cash flow, with debt management, you're going to get more depth. And you're going to get more continuing education resources around that with the AFC program than with the CFP program, because that's what they're built for.
0: Anything that you would add, Jared or Ambus, to that? I know you don't specifically have your CFPs, but like any clarity around what the AFC covers or how that was described?
2: No, no. I think uh, Joshua did a, a great job. I would just encourage everyone, you know, to to do their research and really to to not make this decision lightly. Mm-hmm. Call AFCPE and talk to someone. Call CFP and talk to somebody. Make sure that you you really understand all of the requirements and, and everything that you're getting into before you you make your decision.
3: I agree with what's been said. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we
1: got
0: it. the all-important concur. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, con- I concur.
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, any questions yeah. in the comments? Yeah, no. There are just questions around... I clarified with Bernadette in the comments that you don't have to have a bachelor's degree in order to get the AFC certification. There are some Correct. that require a bachelor's degree, but not specifically for the AFC, but you do need to do the coursework in order to pass the exam, well, yes.
1: you need to do the coursework, and it will help you in passing the exam. But the coursework is required; even you can't just take the exam without the coursework.
0: Correct. correct? Yeah. Correct. Right. Thank you for clarifying. Just to make sure people don't feel like, well, I'll just take it anyway because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was really it. I prompted some people for questions, but it seems like. We've done a pretty good job of getting, you know, we gave people a a rough agenda ahead of time. And I think that we've hit on all of those. So there may be questions that come as people catch the replay. Um, Not everyone's able to watch it live. So if you do have questions, I believe that both. I know Ambus, you're in this group. Jared, you're also uh, a member of this group, correct?
2: Um, I'm not not. sure if I am. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, then you can definitely tag if you have a question particular to Josh or I or Ambus, you can Mm -hmm. tag us. And then, Jared, I'll get you in here just in case people have questions. Yeah. Um, If that's okay, so that they can tag you and you can get notified. um, It's easier. And make sure to tag us. You can just do the at symbol and start typing any of our names. And that makes it uh, so that we get notifications that you're asking us a question. Otherwise, sometimes it gets buried. So, yeah. Not a bunch of questions that we, or we answer all the questions live, but any that come in after the fact, tag us and we'll make sure to answer them for you. Um, all right. Anything just before we go, Ambus or Jared, that you want to add?
2: No, please, uh, you know, reach out with questions. If you're interested in the AFC, I will definitely make sure I get into this group so you can find me there. Um, Ambus, anything else? Uh,
3: I, I hope, I hope this has been helpful for people and I, I hope if you were considering it that you will seriously consider it i would challenge anyone that if you if you start a program like this if you follow through with a program like this if you really hate it or if you've learned absolutely nothing you know you go through the program you take the exam you do the 1000 hours if you get absolutely nothing out of it we'll do another facebook live um We'll, we'll tag you in and we can talk about that um, because I would really like to meet the person that gains nothing from, from all this education, resources, networking, the camaraderie. If you gain nothing, I really want to hear from you. So I would, I would encourage you to, to try it out, consider it. And at the end of the day, we want to uh, help the people that we're helping in the best way. So let's do it. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks, everyone, for being on. I really appreciate Jared, Ambus and Josh, as always, your time. And yeah, maybe we'll do one in like two years when someone comes on and is like, Ambus, I'll show you. I went through it all. I went, I went through
1: it all. all. I didn't read any of it or listen to any of it.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Spoiler alert. I'm going to call that person a liar.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: So, first <laughs> of Just all, you're freedom. lying.
0: That's you're lying. That's the agenda <laughs> two years from now. That's line item number one. I love it. Well, thanks, everyone, for your time. And take care.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well.